A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Purpose Made Podcast, a podcast dedicated to exploring the fundamental topics and key drivers for change within our global society today. This series is brought to you by Peter Bell, founder of Purpose Made, a strategic consultancy specializing in post-pandemic change and organizational transformation. Don't forget to click subscribe to hear all the latest news and views on our changed global society. And this speed and pace of change creates enormous challenges because you really have to know what your values are in order to make decisions much more quickly than we typically would. So your own values and the values of the company. I mean, the very first chapter of the book is called Who Are You? And that's very purposeful because I think that in order to be successful in our communication, self-awareness has to come first. Original conversations, purpose made for you. So sit back, relax, and we do hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome back to the Purpose Made Podcast. In today's episode, we chat to the awesome Heather Hansen. Heather is a global communication specialist, TEDx speaker, and founder of the Singapore-based communications training consulting firm, Global Speech Academy. Heather's expertise around language and people have encouraged leaders around the world to improve their communication and human relationships. Skills and expertise she further discusses within her latest book, Unmuted, How to Show Up, Speak Up and Inspire Action. During this episode, we chat about her motivations, childhood and expertise, coupled to how you can make your voice heard and why today more so than ever, it's of critical importance to do so. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and we do hope you enjoy. Hey, how, how are you? Great, thanks. How are you doing, Peter? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. So, thanks so much for joining us today. I think like a lot of people that listen to the podcast, where I like to start is about the, the person behind the profile. So I think probably a good place to start is looking at your own like experience and journey. That's a great question. There are a lot of really important stories, I think, from my background and my life that have led me to where I am now. And I think it would start all the way back in high school or even earlier, because I've always been very, very interested in international relations at a young age, I think around 14, 15, I had decided I was going to move abroad. And I'm not sure where that came from, to be honest. I just was very interested in the world around me and outside of my hometown in California. So in high school, I was very active in speech and debate. That's a big deal in America. And the event that I competed in was called international extemporaneous. So you would have to, 
you'd have 30 minutes to prepare a seven minute speech on the spot. And it was all about international relations, things that were going on at the time. So I was talking about Rwandan genocide. I was talking about the Pope visiting Cuba. I was talking about Bosnian war and all of these things. And so this blend of culture and identity and international relations with language and communication was always there. And then I went off to university and studied um, international studies with a focus on language and society. I was very interested in how we use English to connect and communicate across languages and identities and borders and countries. And then I went off and studied abroad. And that's when I realized uh, how linguistically privileged I was. And that's when my whole perspective, I think, shifted. So realizing how lucky I was to be born into the English language, because speaking German and having to present in German in an oral exam at university, and then later moving to Denmark and having to do business in Danish, I never felt like people really knew or understood me as a person. I never was putting my hand up as quickly as I would normally. I wasn't participating in the meetings as quickly, explaining my thoughts, telling people my ideas. And I thought, wow, you know, this is really hard, but I can always switch back to English and I can regain my power and control over the situation. But what about people who speak Mandarin or even Italian or any any other languages that the majority don't speak? What do they do? They live like this every single day. And that was when I made that shift to think, this is really what I want to do with my life, to help people speak up, share their ideas, and get the respect that they deserve and that they would have had if they were speaking in their native language. Because there's a lot of bias involved in how we listen to people and the way they speak. So that's really what put me on the course to uh, move into global communication. I've lived now 20 years abroad this year, split between Denmark and now Singapore. And I've lived in Singapore about a total of 12 years over two, two stints here. So that's that's the, the big picture view from around age 13, 14 on. So kind of how, how have you managed to translate that into action um, looking at the works that you do today? Yeah, so primarily what I work on today is helping global professionals who are working in international environments to connect and communicate in a way that is best received. So getting their ideas out into the world. So that is everything from articulation training, helping them to speak clearly. And that has nothing to do with sounding like the queen. It's very much how do we articulate in the best way so everyone can understand us in English. So there's that part of it, but it also goes into presentation skills training. And now it's expanding even more into how do we unmute others in our team? How do we create safe environments where people are self-aware, where there's good cross-cultural communication and we can give a place for everyone to speak up and participate? Yeah, because we're kind of moving away from like the old school way of thinking in respect to top-down mandates, where people can get kind of give input and provide like that diverse viewpoint from a multitude of different areas within business. Like how are you able to translate the challenges that we see, I guess, with the transitions from old ways of working to kind of the modern day? Yeah. And I know that you're really focused as well on this post pandemic world and how on earth are we going to navigate it now? Everything around us is changing. We have completely new challenges and what got us up to here is basically about to push us off a cliff. I mean, I truly, truly believe that this cannot be the best that the human race has to offer, right? I mean, there have got to be better ideas out there. And that's why I think it's so important that we hear 
global voices, that we hear new voices, that we encourage everyone in the organization to participate. That's why I've, I've written my book, Unmuted, is this idea of we need to unmute these voices. We have to start listening because the way the world is changing, we need new ideas. We need new innovations. We need people stepping up and participating. And we need to work in a very different way than before, for sure. So, I mean, I, and I know that you're also very passionate about this, so I'm happy to hear your ideas as well as to the changes you see really making an impact now. Yeah, no, I think personally, I think that um, businesses that I guess the ones that are being left behind are the ones that don't really have anything of value or they don't have a clear mission or I guess like they don't, they're not um, willing to kind of bear their soul and their, their heart of what they really represent and do. And I think we saw that during the pandemic because we all kind of went in a period of lockdown, but ultimately a lot of new voices started emerging. And I think that that was, that was great because this kind of period of isolation gave us, I guess, like an opportunity to reflect upon our own lives and, and see like, it maybe wasn't working. So you look at things like the grand resignation. I don't believe that's kind of hit the nail on the head. I think it's more of a great awakening. And um, people are awake, awakened now to the um, changes that takes place within society. And I think those that are able to galvanize employees, those are able to kind of engage with employees about um, the work they do and and why, I guess. That's that's kind of the the, the core central purpose to all they should be achieving and and I think there's a lot to be said um you know I I worked a long period of time a, a while ago back at Oxfam so I'm a big fan of societal movements and I think those the, the companies that are able to kind of understand how a movement is organically um, created and evolves and grows and how they can translate that into the the business world I think those companies will succeed I was having a chat recently with um, Scott over at Strawberry Frog and they've they've done an amazing book recently called Activating Brand Purpose and if you read that you know there's some great examples there such as like how REI activated their brand purpose by ignoring you know the, the the drive towards Black Friday sales and they encouraged their employees to go outdoors they created a movement about going outdoors um, they basically ignored the, the the trend the familiar of kind of um, striving towards Black Friday gave their employees the day off and it was it was great because you saw like the positive impact that had on their employees and their customer base and from that it you saw a lot of positive growth in respect to their their margins as well so whilst people I guess one of the challenges as, as somebody that's been in the purpose game for a little while is um, that businesses often think that how am I going to make profit from purpose? But it's it's not about that. Like it's about looking at business and thinking, well, actually, what how can I do do well by equally doing good? Yeah, that, that's that's why I believe. I think the companies that are prepared to do more are the companies that are prepared to engage rather than sell to people. Um, I think they're the ones that are going to thrive. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. And I think uh, I, I heard one of your earlier episodes with, uh, I believe it was Catherine Himes when you were yeah, talking yeah, about the great easy. resignation. Yeah, that was a fantastic episode. And and I have to agree with you. You know, it really is an awakening. Uh, people have completely reassessed what they want in their lives. And I think we are becoming so purpose-driven. And this is also from a leader perspective. It's not just 
the company brand that needs to be strong, but the leader's brand. You know, we have lost all trust in government. We've lost trust in the media. We have lost trust in business. But it's our business leaders that we expect to show up in the world and talk about the things that matter. And so I think we're going to see a massive shift now in leadership and leadership style and this ability to engage everyone in the organization to not only follow their own personal purpose, but the organization as a whole. But it's going to take those strong leaders to stand up and start those conversations. And that means getting a lot more vulnerable, which you'd be shocked how every time I mention the word vulnerability, I get pushback. I get massive pushback. Vulnerability is being weak. Like, look in the dictionary, Heather. That's what's written in the dictionary. It means weakness. And it's no, no, it really doesn't. The minute you can open up and share your stories and and forge that connection and that rapport with people, not just people on your team, but your customers, your clients, the, the world at large, that's when you start to make an impact. And I think we're truly going to see a massive shift. We're already seeing that shift now because people are leaving the companies that are not allowing them to express that awakening, that are not offering them that purpose. We want more. We want more now. We want to make a difference. And I desperately want to hear those voices and those stories that are out there that we haven't heard yet. Yeah. And I guess there's, there's like, if you look at Ukraine that's taking place at the moment, it's also, it's a great opportunity for companies to stand up and actually show that their true heart and soul. Because, you know, recently I've been posting a little bit on LinkedIn about Lego and the work that they're doing uh, surrounding their employees. And you also see the work that's taking place with, within Ubisoft as well. They're doing some great things. And it's, it's the ability to kind of stand up in times of crisis and stand for something and, you know, share your views. Like vulnerability, I'm totally on, on board with because, I think one of the challenges we have at the moment is not everybody feels comfortable in front of a camera, right? Not everybody feels comfortable in telling um, what they truly believe and what they stand for. But we're actually in a time now where we're in an age of activism where people have, yeah, like they have opinions, they have views. And it's important to kind of share these with your customer base, your clientele, your both both inside and outside of an organization, because mm-hmm. that is how you galvanize support. That's how you encourage engagement. And, you know, ultimately we have to stand for something or we'll fall for anything. And, and that's, exactly. that's what it's about. And you kind of, aside from that, one of the difficulties I, I see for existing leaders is, you know, you mentioned trust and it's true, like the trust capital has been lost. So it's up to like CEOs and um, like heads of organizations now to kind of take the lead, to take the baton, um, to kind of take us forward in society. And that can only be done by looking at things that is bigger and more meaningful than simply sales. So we've also got to look at the fact that as millennials go into more middle and senior leadership roles, in turn to that brings their own wisdom, their own desires for how they want to see that business evolve and also how they want to see their own lives evolve. So yeah, we're at a period of of transition, I believe. And from this period of transition, it's, you know, you've like leaders have two choices now, right? They've they either be proactive and get involved in the change or end up being reactive and be smothered by it. So it's um it's it's a choice for for Everybody's out at the moment. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, and the ones who are reactive are going to see their people leave. You know, we're looking for inspiration now. We're, we're just searching for it. We need something to believe in. You know, when we look around the world, there's just so many, there's so many things going on. And we've been through so much over the last two years. And it seems like as soon as we're about to get over one thing, another thing happens. And we have to just learn to adjust. And this is constant change. And I don't see it ending. Uh, and we have constant change and challenge. And we, but we have this amazing opportunity. I, I love how you call it the awakening because we have this opportunity to change the world for the better, to build the world that we want to see. Look at the shift into technology, into the metaverse and Web3. We can program artificial intelligence to be smarter than us, to not make the same mistakes as us. And in some ways, we're still failing, especially from a language perspective. We can talk more of that if it's of interest. But we have this opportunity now to create a world that's better than what we have and to start over. But that takes all of us bringing our unique brilliance to the table. And if we're in toxic environments where people are not encouraged to speak up and share their ideas, what a massive, massive waste of talent we have uh, if we are not encouraging those voices to be heard. And I mean, I think it's also interesting just to note and remember that this big English conversation we're having is less than one third of the world's population, right? You know, we, we pay attention to what's in English, our English media, our English literature. That's what gets noticed. That's what we speak because it's the largest, most widespread world language. But there's two thirds of the world that is not in that conversation. What kind of bright minds do we have who, who are publishing in academia 
in other languages that hasn't been translated? What is it that we don't know that we're not including in the conversation? We have two thirds of the world's potential that we're not paying attention to. So tying it back to, you know, the language in our communication, there's, there is a lot of the picture that we're missing and we have so much potential to change for the better. Yeah, no, totally. And I think the advantage, I guess, with the transition that we're doing, let's look at digital, right? The advantage, mm-hmm. the advantage that's taken place within digital in respect to that transition from Web 2 to Web 3, like we're becoming the content creators. So the, what we stand for and believe in and what we want to speak about and share, like it's it's by no means a coincidence that podcasts are on the rise, that like um, YouTube views are, f- are through the roof and and mm-hmm. Spotify is, is on the uprise as well. Like people are being prepared to share their stories and like you know like things like this and the advantage of that is we also can utilize networks in the, to make advantage of the strength of weak ties so whilst we're speaking in english it'll then subsequently go on to friends of ours that speak in other languages and they'll translate it to their friends and it starts a conversation right so i yeah. think that that is um that is just an organic movement from um how technology will allow us to evolve as a civilization but mm-hmm. i think wider as well is what I want to touch upon is is your book like the the element of unmuting like how do you go about doing that internal to an organization Mm, yeah well first just to come back to what you were just saying there really truly has never been a better time in history to unmute for every individual to create a movement to put your ideas out there through a podcast through social media through all the tech and tools that we have so that's amazing but yeah bringing it back to the organization the reason I really wanted to write the book was because we had just moved into all of the online communication and suddenly the most common phrase that we heard was, you're on mute, you're on mute, you're on mute. And and that was all we said, you know, the first five minutes of every conversation on Zoom. And one day I just remember thinking, geez, but how long have we really been on mute? You know, many of us have been on mute a really long time in our companies and our families and our communities. And What if we could shift that? What if we could have more people speaking up? And as I saw more and more people turning off cameras and pressing mute and hiding from their organizations, I thought it was becoming more and more meaningful to bring this message across of, no, it's time for us to make a change. But the problem I saw and why we have so many people on mute is because within organizations, we tend to look at it as just a communication skills gap. So people, you know, I have HR call me, Heather, we, this person needs presentation skills training. This person needs articulation training. This person needs assertiveness training. And we throw all this training on these people without looking at it more holistically, without analyzing, well, what's really holding them back? Maybe they don't actually need all this training, or maybe I can put as much training on them as I want, but as long as they're in a toxic environment, or as long as they have no self-awareness and aren't conscious communicators or have no way of showing empathy, then all the presentation in the world, presentation skills training in the world is not going to help them. It it needs to be seen as a larger, more holistic subject. And that includes everything from inclusion and diversity and cross-cultural communication, empathy, psychological safety, as well as self-confidence and self-worth and skills confidence, that skills gap piece. That is a small piece, but I would argue it's a very, very small piece of the puzzle. And we're ignoring the bigger picture and just treating these little symptoms. And that's really what Unmuted is trying to address, to get us to look at these three different sections of conscious, confident, and connected 
trusted communication to look at it more holistically and get to the root of what's the real problem in the organization and why are people really not speaking up? Let's figure out what that is and treat the real problem instead of just dumping training and wasting training dollars, but making it look like we're doing something good for our people when in reality, it's not making the impact we want it to make. So that's that's how I've brought that into organizations now. And, and what's the, what's the reaction been for organizations that you've worked with, and like how are they taking on board the ability to kind of, I guess, like ultimately galvanize their employees, give them a voice? Yeah. It can be difficult depending on the leadership. You know, I think that this is very much a top-down movement where the leaders have to walk the talk. And if the leader's first reaction is, no, I can't be vulnerable, that shows weakness, then it's very, very difficult to create an open and safe space for the organization and its members to speak up. Now, I'm also based in Singapore. So I'm in Southeast Asia. We're in a very hierarchical society. There are a lot more challenges to this than simply bringing in the Western ideal of be a loud and open, uh, eloquent speaker, right? There's so much more at play. And that's where the self-awareness and the cultural awareness has to come in. Uh, Building a psychologically safe environment in Asia is quite different than in the Western world trying to do this somewhere in Europe or the UK or America, where we truly value this openness and and being the loudest person in the room is very often rewarded. Well, that isn't the way things work in other parts of the world. And that's why I think we need those, those voices that are a bit quieter, but it's about finding the balance. And that is a, a huge challenge for a lot of organizations organizations right now. But I think it needs to start with the leadership, that they need to be open to making those changes and and leading the way. But that doesn't mean that everyone else is off the hook because we also have to take a part it take part in letting our voices be heard in speaking up, but also knowing when to press mute and listen. So so it's a, a complex subject. Yeah, it sounds like there's there's a multiple connotations at play there. There's the ability to actively listen to what people have to say. And also, you know, you mentioned the cultural variation as well. Like it's true. Like I remember my days at EA when we used to like create games that were like basically tailored around like Western demands and yeah. figure and wondering why it hadn't worked in in like mm-hmm. Asia or why we hadn't broken Asia and like the whole culturalization of a region is 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 central to how you can create growth and um, prosperity from within and i think also looking at uh, business as well the challenge that they face is speed right because mm-hmm. if they don't act at a certain level of, of speed then you know the message can be lost it can be diluted and and also the demands from an external base from who your true stakeholders are because we've kind of we've moved away from the days of like Milton Friedman talking about like shareholder value and everybody now is a stakeholder in our organizations and future longevity and success so you know like the demands placed upon an organization like they can do something ridiculous in in the world or whatever and because of like their actions or inaction, they can be left behind. We, we don't have this kind of alignment where we have a desire to always buy from a specific brand. So it comes down to, you know, like people don't work with people. People don't um, buy from people. They, they, they work and align themselves to the reasons of why they are in existence to begin with, what they stand for and what they represent. And, and mm. I think that's a challenge for leaders that, trying by all by all means they're trying to make this this evolutional trait uh, change but i think there's a level of speed and and um 
support and yeah, like societal change that is also driving them at such a pace that if they're not kind of, if they can't keep with the pace of societal change, then they will naturally be left behind. Yeah, absolutely. And this speed and pace of change creates enormous challenges because you really have to know what your values are in order to make decisions much more quickly than we typically would. So your own values and the values of the company. I mean, the very first chapter of the book is called Who Are You? And that's very purposeful because I think that in order to be successful in our communication, self-awareness has to come first. And very few people can just simply rattle off their top three values. Very few leaders can do that. And when I ask organizations, and I've done this many, many times throughout the pandemic, we'll do it on a, we'll make a word cloud, right? Do a poll on Mentimeter or one of these tools. And I'll say, what are your company values? And I will get a hundred different responses when on their website, which is open to the world, it's very clear there are four values and this is what they are. One, two, three, four. So there's a disconnect within organizations around what are the values that are true to us, that define us as a unit, as a team, as an organization that drive our decisions, that drive our stories, that, that drive our future. And then what are my personal values and how do they interact with those business values? And and what are the stories from my life that support it? And I think if we aren't really clear on what those are, then when something comes up and we're reacting or trying to change or trying to put out a new product to react to some kind of stimulus, then it has to be in alignment. And that's when the big the big boys fall, right? These big names, these big companies, uh, if they make the wrong decision that is out of alignment, with their values, that's when they're going to fall. And, and we can rise to the top faster than ever, but we can also fall faster than ever. So I think it comes down and back to this whole idea of what is it that you value and who are you as a person and as a company, as a leader? Yeah, exactly. And, and also values themselves. They shouldn't ever live on a wall or live on a website. They, they should live within all of your employees, all of your leadership team and all of your community in which you serve. And that's understanding that values can also change um, over time. Like you can, you know, as leadership changes, um, you can also change how your organization opts to exist going forward. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's not impossible to kind of um, go for a period of like, almost like redefinition of, of what you're trying to achieve. And, but values have to be like clear. It doesn't, you know, some of the failings that I've seen within businesses when they try and like overcomplicate themselves and end up with like 10, 12 different values. Yeah. And then nobody knows what, what they, uh, yeah. what they represent and why, why they're even there. So, you know, it's like back to that Simon Sinek, age old quote about that. Um, like start with why, um, you know, like everything does start with why, like, why do you even operate? Why are you in existence? Like what are you trying to achieve ultimately? So, mm-hmm. That kind of brings me on to the, the the last part of the podcast in respect to like looking at the future. Like, yeah. what do you believe the future holds? And and yeah, what 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 are you kind of looking for with the, within business to kind of see them react and or see them address some of the frailties that we see today. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that moving forward, and this is just con- a continuation really of the last two years, we're going to see a lot more remote work. We're going to see a redefinition of how we create relationships and connect with each other. And I think we're going to have a much more global focus. I don't care if you are sitting in your lounge in Sheffield, you are going to be connected to the world on a daily basis. 
and you can be really anywhere and still connected with everywhere. And that is going to take an enormous amount of cross-cultural understanding and development of those skills. So even if you've never traveled, the world is coming to you through through the internet, through the metaverse. And we're going to be developing entirely new ways of communicating and connecting. And we already are. We're already trying to figure this out. You know, just the constant question I get of, oh, how do you create eye contact in an online meeting? You know, and they're always staring at their screens and their slides and not making contact with the camera, which is the only way you can make the eye contact with someone and have them feel the connection. But how do we figure that out? Yeah, but when I look at the camera, then I can't see their reactions. And so we're all trying to to figure these things out as we go. And I think many of us have really realized we can create very strong connections through technology. And as we advance with AI and with metaverse and, and going into virtual reality, augmented reality, everything about the way we form communities is changing. The way that we are interacting is changing. The way that we lead and the way we voice our opinions and our ideas is changing through social media and everything else. We have so many platforms now to have our voices heard. And I think it's just a really huge opportunity for people to stand up for what they believe in, put their values into action, into words, and create followings and movements that can really change our world for the better. And that's what I really hope to see and see, especially businesses leading the way to do this, because I think that truly more than ever, business has the power to make a positive impact in the world more than anything else. Uh, so I really do hope to see that moving forward from, from the larger companies and the smaller single voices. Equally true that they can do the same. Yeah, no, it's, it's ultimately like a journey of discovery that we're on at the moment, aren't we? So it's, it's about really? like looking, yeah. looking at the, um, don't look at the end result, like mm-hmm. immerse yourself in the process of the present. And I think we've got so much to look forward to. And yeah. we've got an amazing um, new industries kind of creating and mergers and acquisitions taking place and, and people unmuting and, t- and taking advantage of platforms that they can kind of create and engage with new audiences. And I think that's, that's what gives me hope and optimism because I can see the future that's evolving and it's, a, it just takes time. It's just a gradual process, but well, you know, just people just have to be embracive of change rather than fearful, yeah. fearful of change. And I think um, if we do that, we've got a positive future ahead. So yeah, no, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been really nice talking to you too. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Made podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Purpose Made wherever you normally get your podcasts to hear the latest news and views. You can also find and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter or contact Peter directly to connect, inquire about Purpose Made or request to be featured on the podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for another episode. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.